Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we are going to be discussing the topic of utilizing sex semen in beef artificial insemination and embryo transfer programs. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Cliff Lamb, who's with Texas A&M University and is the department head there of animal science. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Lamb. Thanks, Aaron. I really appreciate the chance to discuss this topic with, with your audience. Dr. Lamb, before we dive into talking about the topic, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and how you arrived at where you are today. Sure. Um, you know, I, I have a f- fairly long story. Obviously, I, when you hear me talk a little bit, you'll understand that I, I didn't grow up in the U.S. I grew up on a beef and dairy cattle operation in southern central Africa in a country called Zimbabwe. And my passion in reproduction actually grew there because we were doing artificial insemination and embryo transfer. So at a very young age, I learned to artificially inseminate and realized that that was my passion. That's what I wanted to do. And so after finishing high school, I came to the U.S. and studied and did my bachelor's at Middle Tennessee State University and then followed that up with a master's and PhD at Kansas State University. Since then, um, I was a a professor at the University of Minnesota for about 10 years, and then at the University of Florida for about 10 years before coming to Texas A&M over four years ago now. And throughout my whole, whole career, really what I've done through my graduate work and then as a faculty member, my passion in reproduction is basically trying to take uh, reproductive technologies and figure out how to incorporate them into uh, beef cattle operations to make those cattle operations more economically viable. And so just utilizing what tools we have to increase productivity of beef cattle operations has sort of been my goal for the past 30 years. Dr. Lamb, as we look at the use of semen in beef enterprises and in dairy over the last 70 years, just the ability to freeze a bull and then ship it all over the world and utilize it, that's had tremendous impact on both the dairy and the beef industry. Give just a little perspective as you think about that and and what that technology has allowed us to do in terms of genetic change in both the dairy industry and the beef industry. So certainly, there's no question that the uh, advent of artificial insemination, you know, first by uh, collecting a bull and distributing the semen even before we could freeze. And then after that, being able to ship uh, chilled semen uh, to when we froze semen, all of those have probably have enhanced uh, genetic progress almost more than any other single technology in, in, in either of those industries. But in the uh, dairy industry, because uh, we utilize artificial insemination in in over 80% of the dairy uh, cattle in the U.S., they obviously have utilized the technology to have access to the best genetics in the world. And it's certainly made an impact to the productivity of our dairies and and milk production systems. On the beef side, our uh, use of uh, artificial insemination and, and semen In the U.S., uh, we're only inseminating somewhere around 10, maybe 12% of all the the females on an annual basis. And it may not have necessarily had as much of a change in the industry, but certainly 
what it has done is it has given us access, especially the seed stock producers, it's given access to the best genetics in the world. But in both uh, production systems, both beef and dairy, what it's also done is it's allowed us to provide genetics around the world in such a way that we actually not only have an improvement in genetics, but we can do it in a fairly herd health safe way because shipping semen, uh, we can stay away from many of the transmittable diseases that you may have from shipping live animals. So I think it's had significant advantages, not just in terms of what it might do for genetics, but in terms of what it might do for biosecurity, herd health, and other factors like that. One of the technologies that I think people have been looking forward to having access in terms of utilizing semen with AI and with embryo transfer is the sexing of that semen and being able to predetermine the sex of a calf when you put the semen in the cow. Share with us a little about the history of that and kind of where we are today in terms of the application and use of that technology. Yeah, so certainly within the last 30 years, um, the uh, the understanding of how to separate uh, male and female sperm, so X and Y bearing sperm, has, has a, had a huge impact on, on the industries, but uh, probably more so on the dairy industry. I think we're still trying to figure out the best way to utilize it in beef systems. And um, in, the, in the 90s, obviously, uh, the initial development of utilizing flow cytometry which is a method in which uh, we utilize uh, to, to sex semen. And so essentially what happens is that the X-bearing sperm, which are the female sperm, tend to be about uh, somewhere between 3 and 4% greater in size. And so what happens is uh, sperm is uh, pushed through it at a very high rate of speed under some pressure into, uh, so that each sperm um, is put into a droplet and that sperm is measured by, uh, in size by utilizing laser technology. And then it is given a dye. And then as the sperm comes through the machine, uh, those uh, sperm that are uh, greater in size, which would be the X-bearing sperm, will then be given a charge and pulled one way versus the Y-bearing sperm, which will be pulled another way. And so you end up with aliquots of sperm that will be utilized with a high percentage that will end up being female versus uh, the other aliquot that would be uh, for, for male sperm. And so, you know, under normal circumstances, uh, under conventional semen, you'll generally have about a 50-50 mix of Y-bearing uh, y and X-bearing sperm. But when we actually end up sexing the semen, you end up with a greater than 90% accuracy of getting the sex that you want. Uh, but you also end up with a, a cleaner uh, sample of sperm too, because under conventional semen, you might have dead cells, you might have um, other cells that actually get cleaned out in the uh, sex semen processing uh, procedure. And so, so it's actually a fairly clean sample. Today, there's actually two companies that sort of own technology that can sex sperm, and there's no other technology. I just want to make sure that, that, that everybody understands that the only way to sex semen right now is through flow cytometry. There's no other way of actually skewing sperm. I know that there are several versions of folks that might say add the sperm to this product or something along those lines, and it'll increase your, uh, your skew rate. 
there, there is no other way of doing it other than flow cytometry. So a company by the name of Sexing Technologies owns the technology for separating into X and Y sperm. And then companies like uh, SelectSires or GenX will then uh, utilize that patent to do it in, in their own uh, labs. ABS has their own flow cytometry version. And right now in utilizing ABS's technology, what they actually do is they eliminate the male sperm and they uh, just keep female sperm. So with ABS's technology, uh, you essentially just have availability of female sperm. However, they're working on uh, a method in which you, you'll be able to get male sperm sometime in the future. Dr. Lamb, you mentioned already that AI technology is used more extensively in the dairy industry than it is in the beef industry. As we think about the application of utilizing sex semen, that's already been applied and adopted pretty extensively in the AI industry as well. Give some perspective on how that's currently being used in the AI industry with the dairy, uh, how much is used in terms of sex semen and, and how that's really changed or shaped the dairy industry today. Yeah, there's no question that it's, it's had a profound change in the dairy industry and it's, it's changed the dairy production system significantly too. So coincident with uh, our genetic selection tools, right? And so what, what is happening now is that dairymen are able to breed their genetically superior animals to sex semen to create uh, heifer calves that then can go back into the herd that, that, that have the genetics that they desire. But they don't have to inseminate all of, the, all of their females with sex semen. Uh, the rest of the females, they can utilize some other forms of semen. And the thing that we're seeing is changing the industry right now is that they're putting beef semen into the rest of the dairy cows. And that beef semen then goes on and it produces uh, offspring that, uh, that might be uh, male or male and female, but those, those offspring ultimately end up in the feedlots uh, with a lot greater opportunity to, to have value in the feedlots. And so the dairy industry has changed significantly as a result of the advent of uh, sex semen and then the genetic selection tools. On the beef side, it's a little bit different. The adoption rates of sex semen has, been, has tended to be a little bit slower and some of the reasons for that, um, uh, obviously, price sex semen is a little bit more expensive uh, than, than conventional semen. It could be anywhere from close to double or triple the price of conventional semen. And in, in beef production systems, the number one thing we want to do is uh, we want to get cattle pregnant, right? And so sometimes so with sex semen, uh, we end up with slightly low pregnancy rates, which could be anywhere from 5 to 10% lower. And uh, sometimes the value of that uh, loss in uh, fertility may not be made up in creating the number of animals of the desired sex. And so, uh, so that's, that, that's another thing. And then the last uh, potential disadvantage is sort of uh, utilizing uh, fixed-timed artificial insemination. Most beef cattle operations are quite extensive in nature, and so they don't have access to the females like a dairy may, and where a dairyman can put sex semen into a cow when they come into heat because they're seeing them every day. 
in beef, in beef operations, you essentially get one shot at getting a female pregnant through artificial insemination. In some cases, seed stock producers might try two or three times. So the development of fixed-timed AI systems specific for sex semen are just gradually now getting onto the market, which may, may help increase the adoption. Dr. Lamb, you've been part of some research looking at timed AI programs, and also looking at the effectiveness of utilizing sex semen in those programs. Share with us some perspective around how producers might want to consider utilizing sex semen in a timed AI program. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing to keep in mind, and I mentioned this earlier, is that because we have a really homogenous uh, uh, sperm sample with sex semen, just know that when we artificially inseminate uh, females with, with a more homogenous uh, set of se uh, sperm cells, um, that sperm is all going to be a lot more uh, clustered up into a bunch of when that sperm is gonna be viable and ready to, to uh, fertilize an oocyte or an unfertilized egg that is ovulated. And so what we have to do when we're inseminating with sex semen is we have to time sex semen with ovulation a lot more closely than what you would with conventional semen because with conventional semen you've got sperm at a lot more uh, spread out stages of capacitation or with the ability to actually fertilize an, uh, an oocyte and so what what we have to do with uh, timed artificial insemination of sex semen is we have to do a better job of synchronizing ovulation of the females that are gonna receive the semen. And, you know, in beef cattle operations, the number of times you handle an animal, it's a burden, right? It's a hassle factor. And so most of the systems that we've sort of developed that are, are highly utilized tend to only have three, three handlings. Um, that just simply won't work with sex semen. And uh, so, uh, so, we, we've started working on other systems and we started this work about 10 years ago, utilizing a pre-synchronization. And so what we would do is we would synchronize uh, a lot like what you do in, do in a dairy. You'd run the animals through, through the heifers through the chute an extra time a week before you would typically do it if you weren't using sex, uh, sex semen. And what that allows us to do is pre-synchronize the heifers so that they're all at a closer or more concentrated time of ovulation than the current systems for conventional semen that are out there. And so the Beef Reproduction Task Force, which I've been a part of and, uh, for, for 20 years, and, and we just recently came out with a uh, protocol sheet that includes some protocols for fixed-time artificial insemination with, uh, with sex semen. And those can easily be found or accessed online by just going into, just typing in beef repro into Google and you'll see the beef reproduction task force website and just go to the resources and you'll find the protocol sheets and just look at the sex semen protocol sheets. And that's, that's where you can find protocols that will work for sex semen. Dr. Lamb, you mentioned that sex semen costs a little bit more than conventional semen does and and also we can expect a little bit less in terms of a conception rate utilizing sex semen versus a, a regular semen. As you think about the economics of that and you've done a little work in that, what's kind of a break point or a price point 
as we think about the value difference between utilizing sex semen and conventional semen? Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And so this is some of the work that we've done quite a lot in terms of the projects we do nowadays. We, we do our best to try and always incorporate what factors play the biggest role in terms of helping you make the decision of whether you utilize artificial insemination or not, or utilize sex semen versus conventional semen, those types of things. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of economic analyses and creating these models. And so in the past three years, we did a fairly large project with sex semen uh, where we actually mated over th uh, around 3,000 heifers with sex semen um, on 25 different operations. And we used their actual data to come up with a model to determine some of the key things that producers need to understand if they're gonna use sex semen or they're considering it, what they need to, to to focus on, on whether it'll be a good value proposition. And so some of the things that affect the uh, gain or the loss of, of an animal that's exposed to sex semen that somebody needs to take, it, uh, take into consideration is, one is they need to know or have an idea of what the expected premium for the desired sex is. If you want more heifers, you need to think that, okay, uh, my heifers out of this sire that is sexed, uh, are they going to be worth $100 or $200 or $300 more than if it was a male mating out of that same male, right? And so you need to have a fairly good idea of, of the expected premium you will get for your desired sex. The other thing is, what is the cost of sex semen? And, and legitimately, sex semen costs more money and uh, for, for multiple reasons. But Obviously, you're paying for the technology to sex the semen, and so there, there is an added cost to that. But there's also attrition. Remember, when we're sexing semen, we, we eliminate a lot of semen that, that doesn't get through the sorting process correctly. And so there has to be some recovery of cost of that ejaculate of semen. And so the semen companies just can't make semen at the same price. But understand that the cost of semen is important in trying to understand the value of utilizing it. You need to know the size of the herd, and that, that's a fairly simple thing. Weaning weights, uh, what are your anticipated weaning weights? And uh, with the sex that you're going to, that you desire, do you know what the difference in weaning weights might be versus the undesired weaning weights? And then uh, synchronization and artificial insemination, they don't improve or they don't decrease fertility of herds. And so you have to know the expected pregnancy rates, the traditional pregnancy rates that you would get out of a synchronization system, because uh, that'll help you decide whether this is a good value proposition. So if in the past you've utilized uh, conventional semen and you end up with 60% pregnancy rates, then in a model where we, we can figure out the cost, we need to know, uh, we, we need to take into account what the decrease in pregnancy rates might, might be in a decision aid tool. And so when we've put all of this stuff together uh, in a, a utilizing those 25 herds, what we realized is uh, when we were selecting for X-sorted sperm, so if we were selecting to create females over conventional semen, we realized that the premium or the perceived premium 
of the desired sex. So if, if we had a heifer, the premium would have to be $154 more per heifer than if she had a male of that same sex. And so if, if you do not perceive this, the value of the heifer to be worth more than $154, it may not pay to, to utilize sex semen in, in, in those examples in those 25 herds on the average. Now, each herd is different and each management system is different, but we created this uh, decision aid tool that we're going to put into a um, model that, that cattle producers will be able to utilize and just download and hopefully uh, it'll help them make those decisions. So hopefully that explains that well enough. Dr. Lamb, anything else on this topic that you'd like to highlight keys that you think would be important for beef cattle producers to know and understand as they consider this technology? The only thing is uh, to know that, you know, we've made tremendous strides or the companies have made tremendous strides with improving fertility of sex semen. They're making it more efficient. They're increasing potential pregnancy rates uh, and they're decreasing costs at the same time. And I, and I do think that m- many beef producers that may have utilized sex semen 10 or 15 years ago might have a very different experience with it than what they would now. I would say it's a, it's a valuable tool to, to change what you might be doing on your cattle operation. And I think that there are opportunities in the beef industry in which we can make significant strides in utilizing sex semen. Thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Lamb. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beefrepro.org website. At the website, there's a number of webinars that have been recorded, also some resources on estrus synchronization, and the Beef Reproduction Task Force annually has a symposium, and the proceedings and recordings from many of those presentations are also available at that website.